1: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll free number is 1 888 FORKFAX. That's 1 888 FORKFAX. Three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. In the Bible, one of the most terrifying and horrifying scriptures is found in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse eleven, where it says, "God shall send them strong delusion." Question: What does the phrase "strong delusion" mean? And what can we do to avoid falling into this trap, whether you are in the church or outside the church? Join us now as we come to part four in this series entitled, Why Does God Send Strong Delusions? Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight?
2: Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that wonderful and challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And we have been done, doing this series on, uh, and we come to part four on why God sends strong delusions. And our text is found in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verses 10 through 12. And I would like to read these uh, scriptures to you, so we want to encourage you to uh, get your Bibles out and follow along with us tonight. Uh, because this is some challenging, horrifying, terrifying chapter, but also a rewarding chapter if we pay attention to what the Apostle Paul is saying under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, And with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not. Notice the word not. They receive not the love of the truth. That's the problem. That's the problem. See, God wants to save people. He wants to save all types of people, all different colored types of people, all different people. Uh, He wants to save them in the church and outside the church. and He wants to bring them to the love of the truth, but when they reject it and they don't want to be saved, then verse 11 says, this is the consequence. For this cause... God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie. You see, when you don't believe the truth of the word of God, you don't believe what God is saying through the truth of God and through the love of God, the consequences is this. He will cause strong delusions to come upon them that they should believe a lie rather than the truth. That's a sad state to be in. And verse 12 says, and they, and that they all might be damned. See, this is the ultimate consequence, that they might all be damned to believe not. The word not is mentioned two times in this context of Scripture. Believe not what? The truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. Now in this uh, study tonight <clears throat> I want to ask the same question over and over again in the format of a series of teaching from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 10 through 12. Again please pay close attention to the question. How can people believe something is so right when it is really so wrong? That's a critical question, life-saving question. How can people believe something is so right when it is really so wrong? The answer is this, because God is sending them strong delusions because they reject the love of the truth. This is a life-saving question if we turn to the Lord. But if we don't, it's a damning uh, circumstance and consequence. Now, I want to talk to you tonight about something that is one of the most heinous, grievous sins and despicable sins in our society and our world today, and that is abortion. I believe that people who commit Abortion is under this demonic control of a strong delusion that's upon them. They believe that that is right. See, it's going back to the question, how could they believe something that's so right when it's really so wrong? You can be conditioned. You can be uh, set up by the lie of Satan to believe that the sin of abortion is okay. And this problem of the sin of abortion goes all the way back to the early biblical history with the Moloch, the ancient pagan god of a child of sacrifice. Moloch was one of the false gods that Israel would worship during its period of apostasy. They got into idolatry in worshiping Moloch, and this false deity is associated with Ammon, and we find in First Kings 11 and verse 7, 1 Kings 11 and verse 7, and this is the uh, son of, of King David. Then did Solomon build an high place for Chemos, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the children of Ammon, Solomon built a high place for Shemas, the detestable idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem, for and for Moloch, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. Now, one of the practices of this cult, uh, Satan was behind. Satan is behind murder, according to Jesus, in John 8 and 44 and has always been in the baby killing. Listen to this. In the baby killing, all the way back to the Egyptians under Pharaoh, they sought to kill Moses as a baby, and, and all of the other male babies of the Jewish males were the first endangered male species. Now, the Jewish children and other children offered as sacrifices in the fire to the pagan god of Moloch was another type of endangered male species of the day. In the New Testament, when Christ was a baby, King Herod was seeking to kill baby Jesus and all the children under two years and under. This was not only genocide, but another endangered male species attack. Even when Christ is the baby sought to be killed, as prophesied in Revelation 12, verses 1 through 6, today, the massive universal killings of millions and millions of babies every day by Planned Parenthood and many other women seeking an abortion. It is amazing how confusion and contradictory we are in our world today with a double standard of philosophy of life. An example of this, we say on the one hand, it is all right to abort a child, but on the other hand, We get angry, mad, and upset when a man like Scott Peterson killed both his wife and unborn child. This is a demonic, schizophrenic world today in which we are living in, controlled by Satan. Now, I want to say this in conclusion. Lastly, I wrote an article around 2010 between 2010 and 2013, for the religious broadcasters on black males and endangered species. You might want to check it out, the article. Today, when we see and hear of so many black males killed by the police officers every day in the urban cities, and today when we see and hear the rise of Black-on-black crime. Homicide is the leading cause of death for black males ages 15 to 24 in the urban cities. By contrast, white males who are 15 to 24 die mainly from car accidents. And I haven't even mentioned the drugs and the alcohol that is killing millions, even deadly health issues in the black community among many blacks. Black males are a genocide race and an endangered species. Let me say this now in finishing this message. Satan is behind most of this and behind pretty much all of it. John 8:44, Jesus said, Satan is a murderer. And then in John 10 and 10, he says, The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. In Exodus 20, verse 13, in the Old King James, it says, Thou shalt not kill. That's not the best Hebrew word. In the Hebrew, thou shalt not murder, premeditated murder, is what it's talking about. And this refers to killing somebody else or killing babies or killing anybody. The Bible condemns this sort of behavior in our society today. And so I go back to John 10 and 10, and Jesus compares the enemy to coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I am come that you might have life. Whoa, that's what we need today. Jesus is about giving life and sustaining life, and that's what we should do with children And adults and teenagers preserve life, keep life, save life, because that's what Jesus is all about. He is the resurrection and the life. He's come to give you eternal life so that you will not die and be separated from him throughout all eternity. So the devil is a murderer. The devil is behind Killing not only these babies, but killing people all over the world today. And until we turn to Jesus, we'll never have the answer to the problems of our world today. The problems of our world today is not racism. It's not bigotry. It's not hate. The problem of our world today is sin. And dealing with the sin nature and turning to a Savior. Because when we deal with sin and we deal with a sinful nature and we turn to the Savior, then we will not be racist. We will not be bigots. We will not get into all of this supremacy and all of this nonsense because man's heart is wicked before God and he needs to have surgery by Jesus, the great physician. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches that Jesus wants to give life. Brother Jim.
1: <clears throat> well, have you been uh, challenged by what Dr. Buckner has said tonight in uh, sending strong delusions? Do you believe that maybe you have been sent a strong delusion? Please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you after the break. The number is one eight 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 three six seven five three two nine. 367 5329 Welcome back to Contending for the Faith I am your host, uh, Jim Clark. I'm sorry, I am your announcer, Jim Clark. And I'm in the studio with your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we are looking forward to getting to your calls. But before we get to that, we want to thank everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. Without your prayers and financial support, we would never have been on the air so, uh, so long. So it cost us $400 per week to stay on. And we need your help. We are now very close to going off the air. And if we don't receive your help in the next week or two... We we want to thank uh, those who gave this week, Jackie, Gail, Mary June, and Tiburon Christian Fellowship. If you have been blessed by this program and want to see us stay on the air, won't you send in a donation? There's two ways you can do it. There's the old-fashioned way where you send in a check, and the address for that is Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or the easy way, which you can just go on your computer and go to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. I also want to let you know that uh, Dr. Buckner, as usual, is always teaching and training, and he's got another seminar coming up, the Trinity and Spiritual Warfare. These are two major areas that the churches have not been equipped And Dr. Buckner, will be making sure that you are equipped in these areas. We invite all the Bay Area and beyond to come out and be blessed in the Lord. And that is going to be on Saturday, September 30th. And uh, the time is 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at the Highway International Church. And that's uh, 1319 West Texas Street, Fairfield, California. But I'm sure you can probably look it up on the Internet. Once again, that's Highway International Church. So, Dr. Buckner, that... uh um, this, I think this seminar is going to be truly interesting. We're talking about spiritual warfare, and that goes uh, right in line with strong delusions. Oh, yes,
2: it really does, because if you're not equipped, you'll get whipped by the enemy, and uh, having that armor on will protect you from being deceived in your heart and in your mind and in all the other areas of your body because the armor protects you in all areas, and Satan always trying to penetrate areas to try to bring strong delusion So you you said it well, Jim, that uh, you people want to be a part of this and come to hear this because they will be equipped. And I think a better word would be uh, even than that. The word "equip" is the discipled, because yes. I was just on Craig Roberts' show. Uh, And on Thursday, and I was talking about uh, the whole issue of uh, the Trinity as well as spiritual warfare, and we had a dynamic time in the Lord, and we got into a lot of areas related to this thing of uh, these different Ds that I laid out to Craig, and he was touched by it, and I said, you know what? It's all about starting off with doctrine, that we know who God is, and that's the first D, Doctrine. And when we know who God is, then we can move from there to the second D, and that's discipleship. You know, God wants to see all of us be disciples, and that's why Jesus said, Go into all the world and make disciples. So our job is to make disciples. The word Christian is mentioned three times in the Bible, and the word disciple is mentioned 269 times. What does that tell you? (laughs) It tells you a whole lot there. And so uh, once we move to the the first phase in being doctrinally sound, then we can move to the second D, and we get discipled. And then once we are discipled, the third D, we come to an area of discernment. So you can't be discerning unless you're first doctrinally sound and you've been discipled. And then you're able to be discerning. And then the last D is that you'll become disciplined in doing all the things that God called you to do. And all of these Ds, I kind of like laid all this out uh, at one of the pastors' breakfasts. They had me to write an article for all the pastors in the Bay Area, and they were so
1: blessed by that. So, uh, Those are Ds that you don't mind seeing on your report card, let me tell you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I like Well, that. it's, uh, you know, that the, as you go through those Ds and you get to uh, discernment and then discipline, where you know the discernment is so critical that that as Christians go out there into the world they are able to look at the world and be able to see how uh, the things that they should stay away from and mm-hmm. the things that they should be attracted to and and then the discipline to actually do it and that's uh, without the spirit of god within you you know you just you just won't have that
2: you won't have it and see when we when we're doctrinally sound you know we'll know who the real jesus is over the counterfeit and this is one of the things that they teach people uh, in the American Banking Association. Each year they send hundreds of uh, tellers to Washington to train them to be so familiar with the original money so that when the counterfeit comes up, they can detect it right away. And I thought about that and I said, what a beautiful sermon illustration. If we come to grips with knowing who the real Jesus is of historic Christianity, there's no way we can be Amen. deceived because you've got to have something in you yeah. in order to have something coming out of you. And the, the problem is that a lot of us don't have anything in us when it comes to doctrine, you know, and especially when it comes to who God is because, you know, I didn't learn about the Trinity and stuff like that, which I wrote a book on. Later on, you know, like uh, when I was in, in, in seminary, uh, a Bible college, actually, that's when I started learning about it. And uh, because in most of our churches, we teach stuff on the stories uh, when the Sunday school about David killing Goliath and on and on. And if we get a little blurb on the, who God is, but that's as far as we go. But we really got to disciple people. And, and the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians eleven three and 4, there is another Jesus, there is another spirit, and there is another gospel. And the only way we're going to detect those other spirits and gospel and Jesuses, which is counterfeit all over the world, is to know the real Jesus mm-hmm. over the counterfeit. Yeah. That's the bottom line to it all. we got to go with that first D being doctrinally sound, and then we get discipled, and then we have our discernment level will skyrocket to the sky.
1: Amen. Amen. Well you think it's time we get to some calls? Let's do that. All right. Well I think we got Sally up first. Hello, Sally. How are
2: you doing?
3: Hi, Doctor Buckner. You asked me to call back.
2: Yes, I'm glad you did. I'm Last glad week. I'm glad you are a faithful person of your uh word. And also while I have you on the uh air as well, um, you know, Deborah wants you to give her a call.
3: Oh uh, I should. Uh, so, I haven't Yes, since I want to talk to her.
2: Yes, well so when you get an opportunity I know she'll appreciate that. So we appreciate you uh, taking the time out and when you do do that. So thank you so much. And what's on your heart tonight?
3: Well, um, because of the series that you've been doing and because of an article I read, which I told you about last week, uh, I, you know, I've been thinking my husband and I have experienced 70 plus years of America's decline in 1940. My fourth grade Sunday school—no, uh, my social studies book in public school in San Francisco—was there was a parade of monkey, ape-type humanoids going across the page. Um, we have been, you have been teaching on the results of godlessness that leads to great delusion, and uh, again, Second Corinthians, uh, Second Thessalonians, two, ten to twelve. When we lose God's spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, we get into very deep trouble. In uh, your program last Saturday, you asked me to give the whole list of what we were talking about. And number one, by 1950, the Bible was taken out of public schools and replaced by evolutionary theory and relative humanism. Uh, next, um... Uh, <laughs> divorce and adultery took over the sanctity of marriage. Next, murderous abortion was condoned and often paid for by our taxes. Next, godless imag- uh, imaginations of the heart. And I love Luke 151. That's Mary's prayer. A uh, very, very special uh, scripture. Uh, the delusions of the heart took over, uh, and Bible principles were lost, and the U.S. Constitution became less important. And one of the examples of this is wanting to use BCE instead of AD. And I'm sure you could add to this, to God be honor, glory, and power.
2: You know what? Um, I've just received a lot of spiritual goosebumps just as a result of you sharing all that. I want you to send me uh, maybe a copy of that that you just shared. Uh, that says it all. You know, I've been preaching on that throughout my ministry, and then to hear somebody else just lay it out like that. Uh, I really appreciate that. that, and I know some other people listening got blessed by that. So thank you so much. But if you would be kind enough— So maybe uh, if you have uh, to make a copy of that and send it to me, I appreciate it.
3: And you read my writing?
2: I'll uh, get a translator if I can. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get a translator. My
3: daughter-in-law says she's the only one that can.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll call on her. If I can't uh, uh, translate it, uh, you be sure to maybe uh, write a little note with her name and how I can contact her in case I can't understand something. I can call her and say, what does she mean by that? (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm really going to have to get a secretary to do my typing for me. My daughter tried to give me a, a uh, word processor, and I tried it for about six months, and I made so many mistakes, even in that I said, forget it, so, uh, you know.
2: <laughs> well, well, thank you okay. so much for your call, and, and God bless you, and thank you for sharing what you shared tonight. We all got blessed by that.
3: Well, you know, God... God has a wonderful sense of humor, and, and it's tough to be as old as we are, but, but he keeps us going, and I was thinking that he, he sees us through our dilemmas with the delight of his love. Mm-hmm. How about a couple of more Ds? I mean, <laughs> you are. can do that anything you want to, but that isn't quite the way I thought of it the first time, but <laughs> that's the way it came out. Okay, I'll let you go.
2: All righty. Thank you so much. God Bye-bye. bless you. No, there's,
1: there's, a, there's a very sincere lady with a lot of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: Yes, and she is, uh, I believe, if my memories are right, either in the late uh, 80s, like that. You know, the goddess yeah, that's... blessed her with a very sharp mind, and we and she's been a long-time uh, supporter and caller, so she's very sharp. We Amen. really appreciate yeah.
1: Sally. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's go to Jermaine. Uh, uh, Jermaine, are you there? Jermaine?
4: Hello, I'm here.
1: How are you doing, my brother?
4: I'm very good. I, you know, I just wanted to ask tonight if if repentance was necessary for salvation because some uh, some Christians seem to get that twisted up with uh-huh. the, just believe on the Lord. You know, I just wanted to hear you break that down for me.
2: Well, thank you so much. Uh, that's a that's a very good question, and uh and it's uh, I appreciate you calling in, and uh, you know. Uh, sharing that that question as well. Um, well, you know, one of the things is uh, that when you look at the uh, New Testament, the New Testament teaches uh, a combination of both, and uh, because over and over and over people confess their sins, and then Jesus would say to them, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come up on you. So, Uh, There oftentimes are synonymous terms, uh, because when you confess your sin, you also are going to turn from your sin as well, because the Greek word for repentance is montanoia, and it's a military word meaning an about-face. So when you come to know Christ in confessing your sins, you also are going to turn from your sins as well if you're a genuine believer. Uh, but uh, the first step uh, is confession, uh, and confession always will lead to repentance. So uh, to uh, just to answer your question, I think the first step that most people make in coming to Christ is confession. And then, and because in 1st John 1 and 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we actually get saved by confessing the sins and, uh, and then accepting Jesus as Lord. Now, once you confess your sins, the next step that you're going to do is it's going to lead to repentance because that's where you come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so we see also uh, in uh, Romans 10 uh, and 9 and 10, it says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So you don't have the word repentance in there, uh with those words nor do you have it with first John one and nine. So the starting point is confession. That's what the scriptures. As a matter of fact, sometimes people can get saved even by just calling on the name of the Lord, because uh in uh, Romans ten and thirteen it says Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So uh so it start off with calling on the name of the Lord, confessing sins, and if you're a genuine believer What's going to happen from there is that you're going to continue to repent of the sin, which means you're going to turn from it, and that's where repentance come in. So it start, most people don't, when they get saved the first time, they don't know what in the world repentance is, you know, until they go through teaching and training and discipleship. So it's a confessional thing, and then it's a repentant thing that comes alone as you grow in the Lord and you continue to turn from that sin. But there's sometimes in Scripture it can be anonymous turns where they go uh, hand in hand, you know, because Jesus sometimes said repent. You know, He just came straight at the the Pharisees and the Sadducees and said repent because they were hard-nosed people, and He Jesus said repent. And then John the Baptist, uh, when he was talking to the Uh, the Jews, he says, bring forth the fruit of repentance. So, uh, you know, a lot of times when we talk about repentance, we never talk about the fruit of repentance. It's not just enough to say, well, I've repented of my sin. There has to be fruit coming from uh, your confession. So uh, this is where it has to be followed up with repentance as following behind confession. But to answer your question directly, it's not necessary when you first become a believer uh, to repent. You just confess the sin. That's what the Scriptures are teaching, 1 John 1 and 9. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But repentance come along as you grow, as you mature, as you learn, as you be taught. And you got to do that on a daily basis, constantly, you know, have a change of mind. That's what it means regarding the way you used to live, and you're now following the dictates of Jesus Christ. So hopefully that helps you out. Brother Jermaine? Yeah,
4: can, can you hear me?
2: Yes, hopefully that helps you out.
4: Yeah, that helped me out tremendously. uh, Real quick, Mark, can I get some uh, prayer? I'm actually visiting a hospital. I had an arm injury. I just wanted to see if the Lord can heal me, you know.
2: Okay, okay, let's do that. I'm glad that this is the program that we really encourage people to call in, not only ask questions, but really covet prayer, because we believe from James chapter 5, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we want to pray for you my brother and we want to also encourage you to come to the conference too i think you'll be blessed and invite some more people out because i know you always get blessed when you come around when i do some teaching amen amen all right brother jim let's uh pray for our brother
1: all right jermaine how'd you get that uh bad arms you uh, throw throwing those 90 mile an hour pitches uh, no
4: no then i would be in a different situation but no <laughs> i'm not quite sure
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> well We'll give you some, uh, some prayer, to lift you up in prayer tonight, just uh, all the same. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for Jermaine. We thank you for his faithfulness. And Lord, we pray that, uh, that y- uh, you are the great physician, Lord God. We, we trust in you. We know that ultimately all healing comes from you, that the fact that our bodies can even heal is because of your great and grand design. Lord, we pray for Jermaine that you would heal his arm, that you would take away the pain and the injury and restore him to full health. And we thank you, Lord, uh, that you are, are enabling him to grow in the Lord and to become a greater influence in his community and his family. We thank you, Lord, and pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. Thank you, Jermaine. And we always appreciate your, your good questions.
4: All right. Thank you very much.
2: God. All right. God bless. And look like we're almost to a commercial break. Yes, so, we're we going to turn it over to you, Brother Jim.
1: All right. Well, it's time for our uh, sponsors to better serve you. So, we'll look forward to hearing from you after we come back from this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we are taking your calls. And, uh, Dr. Buckner, before we get back to calls, is there anything that you wanted to uh to touch on, or should we go right to the callers? Uh, I think I pretty much covered it all. We just. Uh Looking forward to this uh,
2: lecture coming up. And, Amen. Uh, you've shared it. Uh, some of the things on it, and people can always uh, contact us, and maybe you might want to say a few more words on that, and then we'll get to the callers so we can really make sure we get the address and information out to the people.
1: Absolutely. Well, if you're just joining us, um, then just want to let you know that Dr. Buckner is going to be doing a teaching on the Trinity and spiritual warfare. These are two major areas that the churches have not been equipped in, Dr. Buckner will make sure you are equipped in these areas. We invite all the Bay Area and beyond to come out and be blessed in the Lord. And the event is going to happen on Saturday, September 30th. And it's going to be between 9 and 3.30 p.m. uh, 9 a.m., I should say, and 3.30 p.m. And it's going to be at the Highway International Church at 1319 West Texas Street in Fairfield. And uh, I think anybody who's uh, going to be able to make it out to that event, will truly be blessed and walk away with a lot better understanding about spiritual warfare. In fact, um, if they don't leave there having uh, Ephesians under their belt, Chapter 6, then I'll be surprised. Amen. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. And then they will start to uh, see uh,
2: the uh, reasons why they're now walking in victory and standing in victory because a lot of us are constantly living defeated lives well this is where you can come and learn how to live a victorious life in Christ right
1: and it's good to know that you're that the enemy is out there that that it's good to know how to defeat that enemy absolutely and, and yeah. we uh, you know before understanding these sort of things you can go through your christian walk being eternally frustrated uh, yes. by by what you're experiencing yes and i think that's so true and to add to
2: that It's how to deal with the enemy, but also to uh, be aware that if we don't know how to deal with him, uh, the enemy can literally take us out. I mean, because Jesus said, uh, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, and we better take that serious. And Jesus called him a murderer. So you need to learn about uh, this murderer that's uh, stalking about as Peter said, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's out to not to pat you on the back and say, you've been a wonderful Christian. Mm -hmm. He's literally there to take you out just like he tried to do with Job. And he did with Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, So the more wise we are and the more armed we are, the way we're going to be able to deal with the enemy. So that's so important for all of us. Amen. Amen. Well, Amen.
1: let's uh, let's get to the callers then. We've got uh, Sandra. Sandra, are you there? Sandra. Sandra.
3: Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing good.
2: Oh, good. What's on your heart tonight?
3: Well, I got some great news.
2: Okay, share with well, us that great news.
3: Well, my niece that lives in New Mexico just had a baby recently, and it's a girl.
2: Hmm. Well, congratulations on that.
3: Thank you. And I
2: got a brand new cell phone. Well, how about that? That is wonderful. Wonderful. You know how to use it? Not quite. All right. All right. Well, you get somebody to help you because, as always, you never stop learning about these new cell phones. I'm still learning a lot about it myself. So, okay. um, well, thank you so much. Would you like for us to pray uh, for uh, somebody?
3: For me, because
2: I had
1: a seizure earlier. Okay. All righty. Well, let's let's do that, Brother Jim. All righty. Lord, we, uh, we just lift Sandra up to you, Lord, and we pray that you would protect her, and uh, Father, that you would heal her from the seizures. Um, Lord, I can't speak from any experience, but I have heard that that is devastating. So, Lord, we just pray that your hand would be upon her, that you would heal her, and that you would uh, take away... Uh, any of the other afflictions that may be causing this lord and give her full health and lord we thank you because you are the great physician and we pray all these things in the name of your son jesus christ amen well sandra thank you so much for your call it's
2: good to hear from you it's been a while and uh, uh you know we'll keep you in our prayers and your family too thank you congratulations on the new niece
3: thank you
1: all right. Have a beautiful evening. Amen. God bless. Okay. Well, that uh, will take us to Cece. Cece, Cece how are you, how are you doing this evening?
4: How are you guys doing?
2: We are truly blessed. How about yourself?
4: I'm blessed. It's been rough, but I'm blessed.
2: All right. Uh, how did the Lord speak to you tonight through the Word?
4: Well, you just you just named a lot of a lot of things is taking place in our culture, especially in terms of. Uh, the murder rates and stuff going on. Cause a lot of times I get often bothered, you know, when I keep seeing this person was murdered and that person was murdered and you just brought me back to, you know, the real reality, which was behind it, which is, uh, sin And also, you know, that you, you mentioned John eight forty four and, um, John ten ten, And, you know, I just, you really brought a lot of lights and stuff. So I can now, you know, when I look at the papers and stuff, I could just really look at the, you know, from, from a spiritual point of view too because I always get bothered when I hear somebody get murdered and I really feel bad and like, oh, what happened? And, and it's, cause every time I look up on the internet if somebody just got killed, you know, or this happened. That's like that guy, that kid who went to that school and shot, shot up other kids and one kid died trying to protect the other kids and I felt bad about that but it brings me back to reality and then about also when you talked about Um, the strong delusion that people are under, which is true because people believe so many different myths, you know, Mormonism, Confucianism, uh, spiritualism, and all these other different things that uh, really have no substance to it.
2: Well, you uh, knocked a home run with everything you said, and it really does go back to the strong delusion because everywhere we look around us today, this is why this teaching is so uh, right on because everywhere we look today uh, we are asking the question why is he doing that why is she doing that why are they doing that and why are they so convicted at what they're doing and why don't they change about what they're doing well it's because strong delusions you know and uh, the apostle paul said under the leadership of the holy spirit that they would believe a lie than the truth and you can get yourself in that state of mind where you continue to reject Christ because they said that they do not have a love for the truth the, to be saved. And so the, the alternative to that, if you keep doing the rejection, it leads to a strong delusion. And then the strong delusion can lead to the ultima, which is a reprobate mind. So people better come to grips with uh, what they're doing because it's the judgment of God. The strong delusions is the, strong, the judgment of God upon people today, and it's everywhere we look, everywhere. Uh, well, what's on your heart tonight as far as and, your uh, question?
4: John chapter John 14, verse... No, no I, mean John, I mean John 16, excuse me, and verse 26.
2: Okay, why don't you uh, read that?
4: Okay, it says, In that day you will ask in my name, and it, that jumped out at me, you know. him that statement, he made. I know it's a lot connected to connected to what he said, but I was, if you can just give me like in a soundbite form before the show closes,
2: that you shall ask in my name. Yeah. Right. Right. <clears throat> well, um, that's a, a thing that Jesus was doing in the context here uh, was giving a lot of clarification uh, because. If you look at verse 25, it talks about these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. And then he mentioned the word Proverbs again uh, in the same verse of Scripture. And so Jesus was uh, giving them uh, clarification by what he meant by praying in his name, Uh, because a lot of the people uh, were thinking that uh, when he was asking to pray in his name, that he was indifferent, being indifferent from the Father, but and they were feeling as if uh, the Father didn't love them. And so in verse 27, that's why you have to always read the whole context, because in verse 27, where the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from the Father. So... He was letting them know as well is that uh, when you ask in my name, uh, you are uh, also uh, connecting with the Father, uh, because the people were uh, wanting to connect with the Father through the name of Jesus. Now, uh, I do want to say this today, that there are a lot of people today, this is the danger in asking in Jesus' name, because uh, the... Jesus had said on many other occasions in his in the Gospels, uh, "If you ask anything in my name, uh, I will do it." Well, uh, let's look at the full context because Oratory, the great prince among preachers, said a text taken out of his context becomes a pretext for error. So, in the whole context of Scripture, you link that. In my name, to First John five and fourteen, you might want to write that down. First John five and fourteen, where it says, "We have this confidence if we ask anything in His name, according to God's will. If we ask anything according to God's will in His name, He heareth us." So, the prosperity teachers and word faith teachers, uh, they hate the will of God. You know, they hate. Saying, Thy will be done. That's what Jesus said in the disciples' prayer when he said, Our Father which art in heaven. That is not the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is in John 17. The disciples' prayer is in Matthew 6 when he says, Our Father which art in heaven. So we have to link in asking in his name with his will because that's what. The same writer in John here, in John 16, is the same writer in 1 John 5 and 14. If we ask anything according to his will, and his, he heareth us. So uh, we have to link the will to the name of Jesus, see? And that's where his will sometime will be done uh, in saying yes. God answers prayer three ways, saying yes, no, and wait. The weight is the hardest for most of us. So uh, it's important for me to state it on that level, because prosperity teachers and, and name it and claim it, false teachers were saying, you can claim a Rolls Royce, you can claim a mansion, you can claim this, and that's really exegeting the Scriptures, that's reading into the text something that's not there, you know. So we have to exegete the Scripture according to context and that's why I put First John 5 and 14 with that. So hopefully that helps you out. Amen?
4: Yeah, yeah. Thank you a lot. It helps a lot.
2: Very good. Do you have any prayer requests because we have about two more minutes?
4: Me and my family, just me and my family in the pressure room my right here you can pray for it, and then just pray for Obama, former President Obama and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and my um, mother.
1: All righty. Let's, let's do that. Brother Jim. okay <clears throat> lord we uh we lift up cc lord and and uh his specific prayer request tonight and take away any discomfort or pain that he's going through uh, lord we pray for both former president obama and uh and for arnold schwarzenegger our former governor uh lord we pray that um uh lord that you your hand would be upon these men lord they still have influence and lord we pray that uh that they would be influenced by the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to come upon them and change their hearts, Lord God, and, uh, Lord, have them to speak the word of truth to the people that are around them. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you are a mighty God, that you watch over us and watching over CC and his family, and we lift him up in all these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim, and thank you, CeCe, for your call and always your good
2: questions.
4: Thank you for good teaching.
2: God bless you and uh, keep you and strengthen you, and we hope that you can make it to the conference as well. It'll be a blessing to you, and it'll be the first time we had the opportunity to meet you.
4: Yes, call me with information.
2: information. All right, and Brother Bomani, who I always say your speaking twin, will be there as well. You guys will get a chance to meet each other, and I'm just curious to know if you guys look alike. You talk alike. I want to know if you look alike. <laughs> Amen. Alrighty, thank you for your call,
1: Brother Jim. I guess it's time to knock a home run in the name of Jesus. Well, it is time to do that. I was going to ask you a real quick question though about you know you had uh, mentioned the whole abortion and Scott Peterson thing. I hear the bumper music going now, so I don't have very much time. But uh, I thought it's interesting how this strong delusion, you know, how you you brought that in. Amen. Very, yeah. So uh, I, I had a question right there, but yeah. it looks like we're out of time. So yes. Uh, We've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and I would like to thank Vince, our engineer, and Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed us. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith